Merry Christmas, family. Thank you. Over the past four weeks, we as the Archdiocese of Denver have been on a retreat as we remember and have profoundly pondered the charisma of the gospel message. On a weekly basis, we heard these four specific words, created, captured, rescued, and response. How have they impacted our lives? In a deep dive, we might look at this with greater understanding. God created everything out of nothing, and it was good. The most amazing creatures that he designed is us. He created us in his image and in his likeness out of love, to be loved, and more than that, to love. The theologian Hans von von Balthasar once said, you seek proof that you are loved, but you are the proof. The very life we possess is that proof. And in the first letter of John, we hear, God is love. In this way, the love of God is revealed to us. God sent his only son into the world so that we might have life through him. And in this is love. Not that we have kept, not that we have loved God, but that he loved us, and he sent his son as expiation for our sins. Unfortunately, after some time, our first parents were captured by listening to the lies of the father of all lies, the devil. And it was through their actions that our relationship and their relationship with God has been broken. And they lost their purity and were walked out of the Garden of Eden. And all of humanity has suffered ever since through original sin. An example in our modern world is that tune, I did it my way. If we do it our way instead of God's way, we perpetuate that living lie. So let's consider that sin is the disease that captures and Jesus is the medicine. That being said, God had a plan to rescue humanity. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son so that everyone who believes in him might not perish, but might have eternal life. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world might be saved through him. Whoever believes in him will not be condemned, but whoever does not believe has already been condemned because he does not believe in in the name of the Son of God. My brothers and sisters, St. Paul tells us in the letter to the Romans, Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have gained access by faith to this grace in which we stand and we boast of hope of the glory of God. Not only that, but even boast of our own afflictions, knowing that our afflictions produce endurance, and endurance proven character, and proven character hope and hope does not disappoint. Because the love of God has been poured out into our hearts through the Holy Spirit that has been given to us, our hope is in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ loves you, and he loves me. Love is demanding, and it does demand a response. C.S. Lewis reminds us Part of our response is to consider, God does not love us because we are good. We are good 
because he loves us. We should spend some time pondering on that seriously and say to ourselves, God loves me. The incarnation of the word made flesh yesterday reveals this truth. As St. Paul writes to the Philippians, though he was in the form of God, did not regard equality with God something to be grasped. Rather, he emptied himself, taking the form of a slave, coming in human likeness and found in human appearance. He humbled himself, becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Today, we celebrate the feast of the Holy Family, Jesus, Mary, and Joseph. Saint Joseph, even in his own silence, responds. He responds with great love and affection for Mary and, and Jesus, particularly in the way that he keeps them safe. Today's gospel reading presents the fifth joyful mystery of the rosary, the finding of the child Jesus in the temple. There are many things that we should consider. Here we have Jesus representing the new way or the New Testament and presenting himself to the teachers of the old way or the Old Testament. He is doing this in his father's house, the temple. Jesus is discussing scripture, the word of God, and the Father. The Old Testament, the Hebrew scriptures, was receiving its authenticity from the New Testament. The word of God became flesh. Jesus' parents were filled with anxiety, and rights, rightfully so. It was only 12 years earlier that Herod tried to kill Jesus. True, Herod was dead, but perhaps some people still loyal to Herod might have captured him, kidnapped him. They didn't know where Jesus was, but they were relieved after they found him after three days. Three days. The disciples of the Lord were relieved when three days Jesus rose from the dead. Most important for today's feast, the feast of the Holy Family, is the conclusion of the reading. Jesus went back to Nazareth with his parents and was obedient to them, growing in wisdom and age and favor with the Father. St. Joseph had a huge role in Jesus' life, teaching him about the Torah, how to live the 613 Jewish laws, how to be a carpenter, how to be a man. Jesus witnessed how to love and treat a wife from St. Joseph. Jesus also witnessed how to love God with his whole mind, heart, and soul from St. Joseph. We might remember the movie, The Passion of the Christ. It was a very intense movie, if we remember it. But there was a, a kind of a moment that was sort of comic in there where there was a flashback of Jesus in his backyard designing a table. It was a kind of table that is pretty commonplace for us because we sit at chairs. We didn't recline like he did. But in a society where, where people did recline at the table, Mary asked him, what is it that you're doing here? And Jesus responded that someday people would sit at a table on a chair. And Mary authoritatively said, it will never catch on. <laughs> he laughed, washed up for the dinner, and playfully splashed his mother with the wash water. There is more in this scene than just a break in the action. It is a suitable, it is a subtle way of showing that Jesus was fully human. For being human does not mean 
having flesh and blood, but relationships and kin. It means belonging to a family. The pagan philosophers of Greece and Rome reflected quite insightfully upon the role of the family in human life. They saw the children owed more to their parents than to anyone except God. Obviously, kids' physically exi physical existence and basic education depended upon mom and dad. But if you think about it, children owe much more to their parents. We learn our native tongue, not from our school teachers, but from our parents. We pick up from them, out of, at least maybe it's by osmosis, our attitudes, our mannerisms, our gestures, our habits. And like it or not, we are profoundly influenced not only by our genes, but by our family experience. That's why I say at baptism, monkey see is monkey do. Be careful what you do. For this reason, the ancients descri described a special family, virtue that falls under the cardinal virtue of justice. Justice involves the determination to give others their due. The virtue of piety recognizes the extraordinary debt the children owe their parents and gives parents a unique degree of honor, respect, and affection. Of course, we have the obligation to honor and respect all human beings since they are made in the image and likeness of God. But the degree of honor we are bound to give to others is directly proportional to the burden of responsibilities that they bear for our sake. No one has been given more responsibility for us than our parents, and so we must give them more honor and respect than anyone else. This is laid out clearly in the very order of the Ten Commandments. The first three commands are about our duty to God, the very first commandment having the obligation for humans is number four, honor your father and your mother. When we are minors, this means obeying our parents. But when we are adults, this means caring and providing for them in the winter season of their lives. In this final act on the cross, on his final act on the cross, Jesus did this very thing, entrusting his widow mother to the care of the beloved disciple. Maybe it was easier for Jesus to give his parents honor, affection, and respect, given that Mary was immaculate and Joseph was a saint. And it was certainly easier for Mary and Joseph not to nag or provoke Jesus based on the fact that he was and is the sinless son of God. But most households, like all of our households, are populated with both parents and kids that, are, that happen to be sinners. That's why the church gives us Colossians, this reading, the second reading today on the Feast of the Holy Family with commands to forgive as the Lord has forgiven us. A Christian family is holy, not because it is sinless, but because it responds to sin with forgiveness rather than resentment. This is a very important part of family life, even human life. It is to forgive and to move on. Certainly, it is sometimes hard depending on the offense, but it is important to forgive. In addition to forgiveness, patience and forbearance and kindness are required. Sometimes it's not the sin of another that gets us, but faults, annoying habits, 
or just ideas different than ours, like Jesus's newfangled table. The family is the first place where we learn to become bigger people to celebrate, laugh, and splash water at each other in such difference, with such differences rather than to let them divide us. St. Stephen, deacon and proto-martyr, pray for us.